welcome back to a brand new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier and on this podcast we chat with small business owners where we discuss their perspectives, advice, their stories, and sometimes I'll do solo episodes to share what is on my mind. Now with me today is Naomi, the founder and owner of Buggy Pops. Buggy Pops sells handmade popsicles in the Asheville, North Carolina area and they have a a lot of very unique flavors that Naomi describes in this episode. She sells these popsicles out of a vintage push cart, aka a buggy, hence part of the reason Buggy Pops got its name. For the other reason, you'll have to listen to the rest of the episode. But before we dive into this episode, as always, I'd appreciate it if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcast app and on Spotify. Helps others find us and helps others support and find the small businesses that we feature. You can also follow us along on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the social medias. It's all at Virtual Coffee Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and giving this episode a listen. I appreciate your support as always. Now let's hear from Naomi. Welcome, Naomi. Thank you so much for being on Virtual Coffee. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, looking forward to our conversation as I always am on on my episodes, but let's jump into it. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your business, Buggy Pops, and we'll go from there. You got it. So my name is Naomi Negron and my pronouns are she, her, bad bitch. And (laughs) I have been doing Buggy Pops now for three seasons. Um, So just getting to my three years of having the business. Um, And I sell handcrafted small batch popsicles out of a tricycle and a cart in Asheville, North Carolina. Three years. That's a long time. Congratulations on, on getting to that hurdle. Thank you. It's kind of interesting because three years is really, I think, the make it or break it point for most Mm. small businesses. And I think I'm it feels like I'm making it, but we'll see. Yeah, no, for sure. That And that's, yeah, that's a good point. Over over those three years, have there been any themes to the years or maybe instead of thinking of it as annual time frame, maybe there were some major hurdles, you know, that, that kind of pop into your mind. Any of those that stand out to you of, oh yeah, year one, I remember this and year two, this was a challenge or this was a huge success. Like any uh, stories there? Absolutely. So I look at the years by season because my business operates seasonally from March 15th through October 15th. That is kind of our year. And I would say that the, you know, I started this business right before COVID. My very first event was the month before COVID. So mm-hmm. what seems to many people as probably the worst time to own a business, it was actually the best time to start a business. And I've been telling this story a lot. So my biggest hurdle has been growth. And what I mean by that is that when I first started, I was excited if I sold 40 popsicles. And when I made popsicles, each mold of popsicles holds 40 popsicles and I would fill one up with one flavor. I'd fill another one up with another flavor. Now I am filling all of them up with the same flavor for days in a row. 
So as much as it's been, growth has been amazing and something that all of us are looking forward to as small business owners or any kind of business owner, it has also been the biggest challenge because Mm -hmm. I've had to learn how to keep that many popsicles frozen, how to travel with that many popsicles, how to make that much, how to scale up. So that has been really the biggest hurdle yet the biggest reward. I think that makes sense. And I remember a previous guest speaking about thinking about what happens if you do sell a thousand products or, you know, scale to X, Y, Z. And I think that kind of speaks to what you're saying is, yeah, you get so excited to sell those first few, but then what happens when you actually do reach success, right? What's the plan to scale and keep going? Did you find yourself taking it day by day, challenge by challenge, or were you, did you prefer to almost future proof it and look into the future and try to prevent even reaching certain challenges? I'm literally trying to get through it just today. It is overwhelming and it's a lot to process while you're in it, which is the nice part about having five months of downtime. So a lot of the things that are happening right now, I really won't even have time to process them until fall, winter. So I'm just trying to, a lot of days, I'm just trying to survive the day. Yeah, that resonates just based on what what others have said. It's really, to your point, getting through the day, taking it, you know, step by step. And then when you end up looking back, you know, over maybe for you over the past three years, it's like, wow, like, look how much I have overcome. It's almost a reflection afterwards, right? Rather than necessarily trying to look into the future. It's more, let's stay in the present and then reflect on on what happened. For sure. For me, the future has really just landed organically. And I would have never, ever guessed that where I am now is where I am. And I guess in a way, it's good not to have a plan, right? Because you can get a little more excited about it with less letdown. But at the same time, I have not been prepared because I never thought it could be a possibility. So Hmm. there are a lot of times where it can be a little overwhelming. Yeah, it's a hard balance, right? Because to your point, without the strict plan, you're also able to go down whatever path kind of presents itself. And maybe that's something you couldn't even have thought of three years ago, a month ago, a week ago. Um, But then... Literally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if somebody told me at the beginning of, and you know, at the beginning of the business that I would be making hundreds of popsicles of one flavor a day, I would say, yeah, right. I'll never get there. Mm -hmm. And if somebody told me like, oh, someday you're going to be on a podcast, I would have also been like, no way. Nobody wants to hear what (laughs) I have to say. So all of it has been surprisingly awesome. And and at the same time, I guess I'm, I'm really at this weird crossroads where do I need to start thinking about the future? Because I have felt so unprepared for everything that's come my way. That is an interesting piece of advice there, because it sounds like you've gotten to the point where you've taken it challenge by challenge, day by day, and maybe got that underlying like foundational system running. And now, to your point, you're able to start to peek into the future and and future proof. Um, I think that does take a while just naturally um, to get through the day to day challenges until you have that set foundation that you're happy with. Yeah. And I've also never done this before. I've never owned my own business all along. I've worked for someone else. So this is my first 
adventure like this. Mm-hmm. And when you're working for someone else, you kind of are always rolling with their punches. And a lot, you know, so many times I've had so many great opportunities because of that. But now I'm the person making those decisions. So there, there is a lot more weight. And even though I only have one employee, I feel like these decisions could really dictate whether I end up with more employees or is this just it? And I think that that's really the point that the business is at. Do you scale up or is scaling up just an American dream? Yeah, that's fair. Being early on in the stages of of Buggy Pops, it does a lot of it does land on you right now. That is interesting that making that transition from working for someone else versus working for yourself. Any other big shifts that stand out to you when you made that transition or or any advice for someone who's wanting to make that transition? Well, I will say if anyone listening to this is a kind of person that thinks they could do it better than their boss, they should try being the boss. Mm-hmm. Because I think that it kind of makes you figure out whether or not you really are meant to be the boss or if you're not. Um, I've learned from having my own business because I always thought I could do it better than my boss. Uh, the biggest thing for me is that I can't get mad at the boss anymore, right? When you're the <laughs> boss. <laughs> yeah. but, at, but at the same time, I also have gained appreciation for my previous bosses because I had no idea that they wore 5,722 hats at all time, all day long, um, which I think that's my my greatest takeaway is how much respect I now have for all those people I thought I could do it better. They were managing me plus, you know, in some circumstances, 20 other people and still trying to do their books and have their marketing and their this and their that. And now that I'm wearing all those hats, I truly do appreciate and respect to those people. Yeah, that's the like one of the best ways to have empathy for someone and understand what they're going through it's is going through it yourself right there's really nothing nothing that there's some things that come close to that but you know unless you experience it for yourself it's it's hard to imagine what it's like to be in their shoes so that is a good reflection even for you know someone like myself who does have a nine to five corporate job is just reminding myself every once in a while like what that might be like being the boss and just having some empathy there Yeah, I think I also felt this way about parenting. (laughs) I stopped judging people once I became a parent. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're just trying to get by. I think it fits into pretty much any, any kind of anything that you do. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that reminds me of like the classic, the like baby screaming on a plane, right? Like all the childless folks are annoyed. The parents understand. And yeah, it's a it's a good point. Oh my gosh. Now if I see a like here or <laughs> see a baby in distress on a yeah. plane, I'm like, can I help you? Would you like yeah. me to carry your baby for you? <laughs> Give me the baby. I will help. <laughs> Funny. Excellent. I wanna wanna dive into the actual, you know, popsicles that you sell. Um, can you give our audience who's listening kind of a taste of some of your flavors? You know, don't have to dive into every single one of them, but maybe your favorites or best sellers, just to give them an idea of the types of pops that you sell. Absolutely. So the most important one that I always speak about is the coconut cinnamon. So coconut cinnamon is our signature flavor. It is my favorite flavor. 
It is, in my opinion, one of the best flavors, but it's really because it's made with probably the most love. And where it comes from is from a dessert that I ate as a kid. My mom is Puerto Rican, and it is a common Puerto Rican dessert called Limber, L-I-M-B-E-R. And it can be made from many flavors or any flavor, really, but it is in a cup. So basically, what happened was I was making these and thought to myself, what if I turn these into popsicles? And really that one is the most, it's just the best one, plain and simple. And it's like horchata and French toast had a baby. Yeah, that (laughs) sounds amazing. Like I love coconut anyway. That that does sound very good and unique. We usually don't have like, I haven't heard of that flavor really in, you know, traditional American desserts. Right. Although it's very, very common in our culture. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, you know, we have our most pop, our second most popular flavor is strawberry lemonade. It's just classic. It's red, which a lot of kids just want to eat their colors. Um, (laughs) And it's sweet and a little tart. And we have lots of different flavors. But some of my favorites are key lime pie, which has graham crackers in it. Banana pudding, which has Nilla wafers in it. And I am currently completely hooked on strawberries and cream. It tastes like the strawberry flavor from when you were a kid and you got the Neapolitan vanilla strawberry and chocolate combo. It's so nostalgic. I absolutely love it. So we have all different kinds of flavors um, and we make sure to always have a combination of gluten-free and vegan options. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. They all sound so good. I love just like unique gourmet flavors like that. They sound delicious. Um, how did you get really started with Buggy Pops? Was it just that, hey, what if I freeze, you know, one of my favorite desserts and that's how it came to be? What were some of those first few steps or experimentations of how the business came to be? I wish I had an awesome answer for you. <laughs> But I have to be a thousand percent honest. I hate winter. And I started really from a place of wanting to have a business where I didn't have to work during winter. Oh, that's I think that's a very interesting answer. (laughs) Thanks. So (laughs) the goals were to not have to work winter and to be able to pay my bills. So that's really where all of it kind of started. And then because I don't like winter, I moved to Florida for a winter to see what that would be like. And I was eating popsicles day in and day out. And I really was just like, what if I could, what if I did this myself? And I knew that there wasn't a popsicle business in Asheville, although we have some great ice cream businesses. Um, and I, I saw an opportunity. So I jumped on it and it seems to be paying off. That's a great answer because it shows it doesn't <laughs> like it doesn't always have to be, oh, I've been in love with popsicles since I was three and I always knew I wanted to you know own a small business like it can stem from really any place. I love that kind of journey you had there with the business. Yeah, I mean, and I also love to travel and I, I'm mm-hmm. not somebody who likes to just go somewhere for a week. So this really also allows me to take these big chunks of time off to explore other places, which also allows me to come up with new flavor ideas and 
try the desserts in those places or maybe a popsicle place somewhere else that's doing really cool things. So it's it's been really fun to, I guess, work for these months and then do research on the time off. Your story reminds me a lot of know what you want and go after it. But the hardest thing to do is know what you want. And you clearly like what you wanted was time off in the winter, be able to travel and clearly, you know, make money, live life, pay your bills. And you knew that. And then how you did it was through Buggy Pops. Like that's such a unique solution to that. But you really started by knowing what you wanted in life and how you wanted your life to to be day to day. Maybe I knew too much. I also knew that I, <laughs> I also knew that it was time to start my own business and be my own boss. Yeah. So I think all the pieces kind of fell into place, which is kind of goes back to what I was saying before, like things just kind of fallen into place without me having to think that hard about what mm-hmm. happens next. So it's interesting to be now in that position. I would think along the way, you were unknowingly taking steps, doing things, making progress like towards this eventual realization of the business, like even without you necessarily knowing it, right? Like it all kind of led up to it, to those pieces falling into place. Yeah, I think that's what happens to a lot of people, right? You're like, oh man, I didn't realize that I was doing this or doing that. So Mm -hmm. I was managing a small business and I learned a lot during that time too, which a lot of those experiences have carried over the good ones and the bad ones have carried over to what to do and what not to do. But Mm -hmm. I had no idea that that's what was happening while it was happening. Yeah, exactly. Hindsight's always, always 2020. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Um, Wanted to, to dive into some of the logistics. Where can people find buggy pops? Do you usually do markets like what types of events do you do just kind of talk us through where people can experience your popsicles well there's so many different ways to experience buggy pops which is very exciting the best way to always find us is to go to our website www.buggypops.com and click on the find us button but there sometimes the calendar looks a little empty and it seems like you can't find us but i swear you can we have some (laughs) local businesses in town doing really cool things like wicked weed funkatorium Mm. makes popsicle uh, pop tails with buggy pops they have three signature flavors that's awesome that is really cool congrats on that partnership (laughs) thank you thank you ginger's revenge always has something special right now they have their arnold palmer seasonal ginger beer that's paired with a peach popsicle it tastes i swear it tastes like a peach snapple iced tea it's so good (laughs) and um in addition to that we are also at two farmers markets during the week we do private events as well as kind of we're doing some big some bigger events some collaborations so if you just follow us on instagram at buggy pops avl then you will find all the different ways to get yourself a buggy pop. Beautiful. Yeah. Those partnerships are awesome. That's, that's incredible. And how did you um, come up with the like mobile kind of on the go aspect of it? I know, you know, more and more of those businesses are kind of popping up, especially in, you know, North Carolina, but I'm curious where your inspiration or thought process came for that. So I actually have a finance background, which helps. And I knew just like I knew other things, I knew that I did not want to pay for a brick and mortar 
four or five months of the year that I wasn't going to be using it. So how could I be seasonal and keep costs down? So that is where the idea of being mobile came about. Such a good example of following like the why, how, what. Understand why you you want to do something, how you're going to do it, and then what that kind of manifests into. That is a beautiful process you're you are following. It's it's quite uh, inspirational. It's easy to get off track though because once you start a business, a lot of people start to tell you what you should do. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you should have a flavor. Oh, you should get a shop. Oh, you should. I mean, there's so many you should, you should, you should in the beginning that sometimes it does make you question, should I be doing that? So it's really important to follow your gut and stay true to what it is that you want. Because if you start thinking about what other people want, you won't be happy. Yeah, stay true to your your why. (laughs) And it's, I always say, you know, you can choose whose advice to take. Like you don't have to take it all. You don't have to take all the feedback. So that seems to kind of go in a line with that of just stay true to your why. Like no one else is yours. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, it's you have to live with those decisions. Mm-hmm. And the people that should you to death, they will have zero accountability for that decision. So it's extremely important that you keep yourself accountable to yourself, which in turn makes you have more integrity. Yeah, that's very well said. And yeah, to your point, your your names on the end on it at the end of the day, not not the you shooters name. It's it's (laughs) your name. And yeah, yeah, it's well stated. Kind of along those lines, any other advice that comes to mind for those who are on their business journey, who are just launching their small business, any other kind of top pieces of advice um, that you'd like to share? Well, I have said this, and it can be probably Googled at this point, but there is enough business for everybody. I was told that by a fellow kitchen mate the very first day I walked into that kitchen when I thought that I was going to be a waiting, a wedding caterer of some sort. And then COVID happened and everybody had to cancel their weddings. And truly, they have taught me that that is true. So when you think that maybe, I don't know, I feel like there's so many different situations, but mostly when there is another person doing the same thing as you, just remember that there is enough business for everybody. I think that's clearly great advice. Is your strategy to take inspiration from the competitors to just stay on your own path and not really worry about them, right? Like there's different ways you can kind of approach that quote unquote competition. What's what's your viewpoint? I mean, I use social media a lot and I know how social media can be good and how it can be bad. Mm -hmm. So for me, the biggest thing is I follow on my personal page, you know, my Buggy Pops page, a lot of popsicle makers in the country that definitely inspire me and I value their technique or maybe could see how I can improve or something that is an idea that I might have had that I wasn't sure would work and it's working for them. But on a local realm, I truly Mm -hmm. believe in community and I think that community is the most important thing for all of us to uplift each other. And with that said, you know, I am I work out of a commercial kitchen of an ice cream maker. Just goes to prove that you can have 
someone making ice cream and someone making popsicles in the same place when really some of us, some people could see us as competitors. We really see mm-hmm. each other as community. That's great. I, I like that answer. And I just find the small business community is so supportive of one another. Like you always see businesses partnering, collaborating, sharing each other's posts on social media or to your point, working in the same building. And I think that only accelerates both parties, right? Versus negatively competing or, you know, trying to kick someone out of your space or whatever, right? That's just not a nice, it's not a nice mindset to operate in. I think at the end of the day, too, it just doesn't feel good in my heart. I don't mm-hmm. feel good when things are negative. I don't feel good when there's some sort of drama. So for me, when those kinds of situations happen, I try to address them. If not, I ignore the chatter. That does take practice. I can't say that it's always been the fact, you know, uh, it, yeah. <laughs> has not, it hasn't always been the way I've operated. It does take time, but I'm grateful for getting closer and closer to having peace within all of that. I think it helps keep you, you as an anyone who's, who's kind of practicing this Mm -hmm. way in a positive mindset. Who, who wants to live negatively, right? No one does. So any, any way we can avoid that is I think a good, good way to live. I also think that translates into your product and it translates into your customer service and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all those little aspects, right? So then it does translate even into the smallest things when you are maybe doing your bookkeeping and you're not, I mean, I don't have to think about the other person, but maybe somebody else is thinking, oh, wow, well, well, Bucky Pop sold more than I did today. You know, um, if you don't put the energy into it, then you also don't put the energy into other things. Yeah, that's a great point. I agree with that. I like that perspective and advice. Want to kind of pivot to thinking about that that future that we discussed earlier. <laughs> any any big plans or goals or future updates you want to share about Buggy Pops? Like anywhere you're hoping to take the business or dreams you have for it? Oh man, I really have to be honest that I I don't know. I, I'm really just figuring it out as I go. And I have been so fortunate to be part of so many wonderful opportunities, um, such as being a board member of Chow Chow, which is a culinary series here in Asheville that happens every summer. A year ago, I had been asked to do an event. And if somebody would have, again, if somebody would have told me that I would have ended up on the board of this amazing culinary series, I would have probably laughed in their face. (laughs) So I I don't have any plans, but what I, the one thing that I I can say is that I am being more cautious and thoughtful about the things that I'm saying yes to and becoming Mm. more comfortable with saying no to the things that I know don't serve me. And I think with that, then it will all kind of fall into place how it's supposed to. I'm crossing my Mm -hmm. fingers. Yeah. No, it sounds like being very intentional with, you know, the decisions you're making and and how you're progressing with with yourself and with the business and um, just staying on that path of your why, as we discussed earlier. Yeah, maybe I'm, you know, talking about it with you makes me realize that I might be a little more focused than sometimes I give myself credit for. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't always need to have, right, like the five year future plan with all the bullet points. Like it can, it can simply be, you know, I know the mission of my business. I know 
why I want to do this. I have some higher level goals and let's get after it, right? Like that's, I, to me, that's an okay future future plan as well. Yeah, I think last year, my biggest plan was to have enough money to buy pre-printed bags. So I used to write the flavor of every popsicle on the bag. Wow. And, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so I must have written coconut cinnamon thousands of times and strawberry yeah. lemonade. And, and then this year... Just a couple weeks ago, I received 52,000 bags that are all pre-printed with our 13 most popular flavors. Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, It's those things that I, you know, really are the smaller things, like I said, that we don't think about that are also part of having a business and just thinking about the amount of hours that's going to save me that I'll be able to put into other things is amazing. That makes sense to me. Like perhaps the more fulfilling goals are those smaller things versus, oh, we hit 10K followers on Instagram or I made a million dollars this year. Like it can be the smaller steps along the way that give you just as much joy as those bigger achievements. Absolutely. I mean, and I, even though we are getting closer to 3000 followers, which to me seems like a lot, those things feel good, but they feel good only for a little bit of time because then a few days later you have 3001 and you're like, okay, my new goal is 4,000. Yeah. But, um, I I think the bags are kind of a gift that is going to keep on giving. I, I think that's a great way to say that because yeah, to your point, the, Almost those like, I guess, superficial goals is what you call them. Like they happen so fast and then the next one pops up so fast, like the 3,000 to 4,000. That's a perfect example versus the bags will help you for like months to come. Right. And and it's a constant reminder of like, wow, look what I did. And you'll feel the efficiency of having those bags and it, it trickles down more into other areas of the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel that way, you know, when you were asking about pieces of advice, I think one thing that we aren't taught, many of us, is keeping your books in order. And Mm -hmm. I have to say that that also I learned the hard way. But this year has been my first year of keeping track of all of my receipts and my bookkeeping on a monthly basis. And the amount of stress that that's going to save me at the beginning of next year when it's tax season also feels pretty priceless. Yeah. And I think that is a way to also quote unquote scale and grow the business is just getting more efficient in those processes that you might not think of at first, like three years ago, right? That may not have even been a thought, but now you're at that point where you can make that process more efficient. And it's just keeping the, that train going towards growth and success. Yeah. And I think systems are really important because if your business is successful and there comes a time where you may want to sell that business or go get a bigger loan, reach out to a bank, an investor, having those systems in place are the things that make the bank or the investor want to be part or, you know, give you the money for that. Mm -hmm. And it's much easier to have it all ready to hand over than to backtrack to years and years of where did we spend this and are these numbers right and all that that kind of stuff. 
that's future proofing right there, right? Like that's that's <laughs> predicting for the future for sure. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot of it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Wanted to make sure I asked you, where did the name Buggy Pops come from? Oh my gosh. I swear people, there are no bugs in the <laughs> <laughs> um, Buggy comes from two places. Uh, the first place is that I've been vending out of a buggy. So out of the okay. tricycle and the cart, which are both two different kinds of buggies. But truly, Buggy is my daughter's nickname. Oh. And that has been her nickname since she was in my belly and she's now 13 years old. That's very sweet. Does she... Does she appreciate the it being named after her? Well, she's 13, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if I get a thumbs up, I feel appreciated, so... <laughs> I, I'm going to take it as a yes. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's a sweet story. I, I like that. The name's catchy. It's fun, it's cute, it's memorable. Well, thank you, because in the beginning, I was so afraid that people would just think there were bugs... And how was I going to, you know, have this this name that was going to be confusing? Was it confusing? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I will say, and I'm sure there are classes for this everywhere, but naming your business could potentially be the hardest part. Definitely. There's so many options. And is this one the right one? And what will people think? And you, I mean, I think it was easier to name my child than it was <laughs> to name this business. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say maybe for, uh, for Halloween or like April fool's day, you can do a pop with a bug in it or something like bugs are edible, right? Like, you know how they have those like at like funny gift shops, like edible bugs. That's what maybe you can do that as a, like a goofy popsicle or something. <laughs> that would be fun for like <laughs> April fools or something. Yeah. Yeah. So Something like just like a day, right? Like not an actual flavor or anything, but some sort of like fun event. I think that be could be cool. Someone approached me that they do grow or raise, I don't know the right word, edible crickets. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's time to partner up with them. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. No, that'd be fun. That'd be That'd be funny. Like, I know you kind of take the, uh, you know, fall and winter off, but maybe you like pop up for Halloween or something. I think this sounds like fun. <laughs> awesome. I'll I'll wait for your for your bug popsicle post. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Naomi, uh, as we kind of wrap up our conversation here, the last question I ask all my guests, which is probably the hardest one, is in this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment? It can be related to your business or not at all. Just kind of that first thing that pops up when I ask you what your proudest accomplishment is so far. I have to say that that is actually an easy answer for me, and yeah. that is to be able to show my daughter that hard work does pay off. And really, my daughter, her name is Izzy. She is very involved in the business. I trust her. I'm excited for the day that she drives for her to have her own cart. She has definitely seen that hard work does pay off and that I think it's really special that mom can own her own business, be a boss, be a mom, be around, be loving, be tough, be strong, be vulnerable. And I think that that is going to be 
you know, the biggest lessons that she's probably going to take away with her the day that she's doing her own thing, whether it's her own business or parenting, a job or any kind of adventure, she'll be able to carry that along with her. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And thank you for being an inspiration for her and for others. And congratulations on everything you've succeeded with so far with Buggy Pops. I know there's more to come. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And I appreciate you taking the time to let me share a little bit about myself and my business. Yeah, of course. And um, before we officially sign off here, where can people find you and Buggy Pops, like your social medias, website, shout everything out. You got it. It's real easy, everybody. I'm, I'm trying to keep it simple and just is our website, www.buggypops.com or Instagram, which is buggypopsavl. So this the, the less there is to remember, hopefully the easier it is for y'all to find us. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I hope everyone checks out Naomi and Buggy Pops. And again, thank you so much, Naomi, for sharing your story and being on the podcast. Thank you so much. I hope everybody has an amazing summer and an even better winter. Wonderful. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Naomi. (laughs) Thank you. 